0: Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show, in a word, dominant. Several more words. The Cardinals did exactly what they were supposed to do. This is fun, isn't it? Seven games, seven wins. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 485, and it starts now.
1: Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grigaloo and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai. Proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals and by Arizona Cardinals podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins. One handed catch and a touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins.
0: Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. So before we go back to what happened on Sunday, we need to revisit what happened on Friday, MJ, and specifically what you said Your closing remarks on that edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. You said, and I'm paraphrasing here, take care of business, no excuses. And after a little bit of a clunky start from the second quarter on, that's exactly what the Cardinals did. They took care of business in week seven. They hammered, dominated the Houston Texans 31 to five. And Craig, when I look at it, I mean, uh, I, I give Kyler
1: Murray a lot of credit. He, uh, you know, he said they came to play. Um, they may not have the talent. And, you know, those guys were willing to get a 15-yard penalty um, just to knock him down. I'm not saying to try to knock him out. But, uh, and one thing about Lovey Smith, uh, that Tampa cover too, they try to keep everything in front. Um, but clearly, you know, they were able to get to Kyler Murray. The Cardinals had 13 total offensive yards in the first quarter. And now we get to the second quarter, 193 total yards. So, yeah, I mean, again, they get paid. They got their names on the back of their jerseys. Their families are watching them. There's a pride factor. And Malik Collins, you know, he's bounced around, and he, he doesn't really have a ton of sacks. I think his last sack was 2019. But it kind of like J.J. Watt, you're playing in the inside. But they clearly targeted Josh Jones. And I had the binoculars on at halftime, and he was still out there. And I don't think he can do anything on a short week, so we'll probably have a different conversation when Rodney Hudson returns. Where's Max Garcia, etc. But yeah, it was just, you know, again, give them credit. Um, they knew that if they hit him and knock him down, then maybe he wouldn't want to run as much, or maybe he wasn't, you know, comfortable sitting in the pocket going through his progressions. But give, give Kyler a ton of credit. He he uh, he toughed it out. Uh, I was thinking with a three uh, possession lead in the fourth quarter, I want to see Colt McCoy. Um, but I think it was important for him to be out there and um, not the pad of stats, but let everyone know that, you know, I, I can take these hits. Clearly, it's not the ideal thing, um, but I, I work out hard in the offseason. You look at his lower torso, his legs, his thighs, his, his um, abdomen. I mean, it's all muscle for a young guy that's 23 years old. So I, I was glad that, you know, they were able to put that first quarter behind them. And, and you always say, you know, kind of eventually the talent's going to take over. And we knew talent wise. I mean, they wouldn't let Davis Mills throw the ball down the field. I mean, they were so and their idea was try to get positive yards on first and second and get in manageable third and two. And the Cardinals completely shut their run game down.
0: I think the offense is a good place to start here because let's not forget when we spoke on Friday at that point, we did not know about head coach Cliff Kingsbury. He got word early Sunday morning that he had been cleared, and he was on the sidelines. In fact, it was funny, him addressing the media on Sunday afterwards mentioning that was the first time, pre-game warm-ups, were the first time that he had met face-to-face with new tight end Zach Ertz, who had been with the team for more than a week. But it was interesting to hear Kingsbury said he felt a little disconnected, and I get it, and I don't know how much of that, played into those first three possessions where they ran nine plays for a total of one yard and had zero points after the first 15 minutes for the first time all season. Because as we say, you practice how you play. And then if you don't have that practice Monday through Saturday, things in Kingsbury's word looks disconnected. And I think a lot of that, perhaps had to do with the fact that Kingsbury was back, but his first day back was game day. And the first time running through those plays and getting a feel for how things worked with Kyler Murray and the offense was Zach Ertz. I think a lot of that first quarter was because, yes, everything was quote unquote back to normal, but it just didn't feel like normal because it was not a normal work week
1: yeah and and to me um you know you you go back to the 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 friday that we found out you know what what was going to transpire going to cleveland so he was there all week he put the game plan together and and i was told a lot of emphasis is him being out there on wednesday and thursday based on practice how he thinks they can exploit other matchups so not having him out there again it's different than watching film but kyler even admitted it's it's different when you're not on the practice field so that's the good news i don't know how much they are going to be able to do this week i think it's just going to be a walkthrough uh recovery um good thing they're not the traveling team but i i think we've emphasized it enough on this show that they put a lot of emphasis on practice reps 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 and we know how competitive and the Cardinals offense has gone against a really good defense in training camp. Uh, they don't they go ones on one. Sometimes they do it during the week. So I think him getting back on the practice field will get a better idea to where you can script all these plays based on what you think is going to happen. But you see what's in, transpired in practice. And I don't know if it's it's not going to get overall, but if you see other guys, you know, look better in certain positions or that we look like these matchups, but I think Again, more walkthrough, more recovery, uh, more meetings, uh, hopefully face-to-face. So, so, you know, again, I think it's important, but he's not going to be on the practice field all week, but I think I have a
0: better understanding where they are based on yesterday and what they did in the last couple weeks. Quoting Kyler Murray post game about the offense, we can be a lot better. And he's absolutely correct because of those first three possessions. Yet we say all of that, and after the first quarter, 384 yards of offense, 31 unanswered points, the fifth time, excuse me, the sixth time in seven games they've hit that 30-point mark this season. So we've heard it, I think, after every single game from Kyler Murray about, yeah, we've left points on the field, there's some plays that I want back, we can be a lot better, and he's absolutely correct in every single instance yet this offense is gaining yards. They're scoring points at a clip that we haven't seen in a long, long time, and right now they are the number four scoring offense in the league at just over 32 a game, yet it seems like 30-point mark, that's not so much the benchmark, That's, that's assumed, that's expected. Now it's maybe 35, let's get to 40 for the first time under Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. So at times this offense does make it, easy and at times in that first quarter you're left scratching your head going what's going on this is this is the houston texans you should not be struggling against the texans
1: and you go back to the uh the cleveland game when they obviously had a rush on the field for that field goal if if prater makes that field goal they score 40 points you know but um, I have nothing against Prater. I mean, it's we're not even talking about the kicker, and you know this guy makes pressure kicks. And yes, you don't want him kicking, you know, extra points uh, when you're in the red zone, stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, it's just I look at the roster and just upgrade, 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 upgrade. I mean, you go down the list. I mean, I, I I'm gonna make a list someday and, and go through it because number two receiver, number three or four receiver, number one offensive uh, center. You know, you go in there, uh, Marco Wilson, you know, it's just it's amazing how they upgraded so many different positions and, you know, with a lot of veterans um, and and a lot of leadership. And I think that's the reason why this team has been able to keep the tunnel vision and not get ahead of themselves.
0: Well, let's look at the offseason. The only position, in fact, there are two positions in the offseason offensively that they did not upgrade quarterback as far as starter. They upgraded in the backup quarterback position and, t- and and tight end. They left Upgrade. that status quo until Max Williams got hurt, but wide receiver, they update the, they got better after Deandre Hopkins running back. They got better after chase Edmonds and offensive line, the addition of Rodney Hudson bringing back Calvin Beacham. So yeah, you're right. It's, The core is still there, but it's the surrounding pieces around that core that that have made this offense as fun as it is to watch, yet also sometimes frustrating because we know that they are capable of scoring every single time they touch the football, and they did for four straight possessions there, 14 play, 7 play, 8 play, 7 play drive. To really run away at that point, it was 24 to five midway through the third quarter. And at that point, you're like, okay, this this game's in the bag. Let's just make sure everyone gets off the field healthy. But yeah, it, it, it's it's it, when it's clicking, there's nothing like it. And when it's not, you know, a three and out or a safety, and you're like, what's going on? But that's that's the beauty of this game because nothing's perfect on Sunday.
1: No, and when you're running 71 plays, I mean uh, you're gonna have plenty of opportunities. You know that's the beauty of you know them. And a lot of times they go with the up temple I th- like to call it the Murray up offense. You know I like to see that. And you know sometimes they scale back. But when they started that game in the first quarter, they they wanted to get those guys on their heels versus their toes, and it was quite the opposite. But yeah, uh, I can't say enough about the coaching staff. I mean uh, this. I mean I I go back to Arian's staff. You know you, you had Todd Bowles. Um, he had some quality coaches, but he also had Amos Jones, and I stopped with Amos Jones. So this staff, to me, is better, and they've been together three years. And Jane Saxon, Steve Hyden, uh, Sean Jefferson, you know, you look at, we you know about Buck, we you know about Billy Davis, Charlie Bowling, uh, Greg Williams, Marcus Robertson. So, uh, I mean... And it's a little bit younger than Bruce's staff. I mean, Tom uh, Tom Moore was a was sounding board for Carson Palmer. He was the voice of reason. He's he seen more football than I'll ever uh, watch. So, but this, they got a mixture of young and youth and coaches and a lot of experience. And so I think, it you know, these these guys are being coached up and that's what, you know, our former co-host, uh, Bertram Berry always said, Monday through Saturday and practice like you play. And I think we're seeing that. However, uh, last year now, you know maybe they, they 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 go in the tank because you all you know i always say at least since we've been working on it there's going to be one dud game and i don't know know that's going to happen now just because of the leadership and how explosive this offense can be and when your defense is carrying it um doing their part it, they're playing complementary football they're getting something from rondell moore in the return game our teams are obviously not kicking to them or they're directional kicking so they use the sidelines that, but they're playing complementary football. They're feeding off each other.
0: I want to get into the defense, but just as far as what we've seen as far as the script on how these games have gone, using the throw, using the pass to get a lead, and then running out the clock. At the end of the day, Kyler Murray only had 261 yards passing, and I say only because we're used to seeing him hit that 300 mark and beyond. But 172 rushing yards, and that is what gets lost in this narrative through seven games when people just focus on air raid, air raid, and just spread it out four and five wide and move the ball up and down the field. But Chase Edmonds, James Conner combined 145 yards on the ground. And that late fourth quarter drive, once again, there were six running plays that took just over four minutes off the clock or they had to punt the ball back to the Texans who turned it over on downs. But I like that. I have no problem because that's what this league is, MJ. It's a passing league. You get up to three scores, and then this offense has shown the ability to change direction a little bit and morph into something else, and that is a running attack and really bleed out the clock and keep your opponent's offense off the field. And if I recall, did that
1: in the... um Titans game, did that in the Jaguars game, did that in the Rams game, um, did that in the in the Browns game, and they did it again yesterday. Now, Kyler Murray, career low last week, 229, but he had four touchdown passes. I'll and take that. that. First, and that was, <laughs> and, and unfortunately for him, and I'm glad I didn't tweet out uh, how many straight completions he had. I told you I was holding off on that. Now, in fairness to By him. By the way,
0: do you want to know what the number is? Because I figured it out. 139? 134. He had 110 going into the game, and it was on his 25th pass attempt that he was intercepted. So 134 consecutive pass attempts without a turnover, and that interception was the first since week three. And it seems like there was a miscommunication on that pick. I like it. Zach Ertz blamed himself. Kyler Murray blamed himself so there's obviously something there whose fault I guess it doesn't matter as long as it doesn't happen again well I'm starting to read Kyle's body language out there when he puts his head up like
1: okay I I know I threw the ball right and and again what he what Zach Gertz did yesterday is remarkable but um yeah I mean it's just and I like the fact that he went back to Christian Kirk after he dropped that football. On that same drive, he went back to Kirk, and he mentioned after the game, "I wanted to make sure I got got him a touchdown." But on that drive, Kirk dropped the ball. You know, he normally doesn't drop that. That's a really good, um, uh, high percentage throw. You know, not to say it's going to get picked off, but they work on it. But I am so thrilled that he went back to him. Not, not that he's going to say, "I'm not going to throw to Christian Kirk." He dropped the ball. There's so much trust there. We know Kirk obviously knew the offense. They're close, just like Chase Edmonds and the entire offensive staff. Um, so I, I was really like, okay, going back to Kirk, get his confidence, i let him go in a tank where, oh, man, that was an opportunity for me because you never know when the ball is going to come your way.
0: Second and 18. Kirk had it and then just flat out dropped it. So it becomes third and 18. Hopkins gets called for a false start. Now you're looking at third and 23. And then you get perhaps the best ball thrown by Kyler Murray on Sunday and maybe this entire season dropping it over the coverage and into the awaiting arms of AJ Green for 41 yard gain down to the Texans four yard line in which Christian Kirk was able to score a few plays later. So it's amazing what this offense has done. Game ball to Cliff Kingsbury. In fact, that was owner Michael Bidwell presented a game ball to the head coach. DeAndre Hopkins with a game ball beating his former team. And Zach Ertz with the game ball. Let's talk about him. You brought up what he was able to do first player in nfl history to have a touchdown catch for two different teams in back-to-back games in a season remember his last game thursday night with the philadelphia eagles against the buccaneers and now his next game sunday against the texans and able to catch a touchdown and that 47 yard catch and run the longest catch or longest career touchdown for Zach Ertz and his career. And I got to admit, MJ, because as I was watching the replay on that, I'm thinking, all right, one, Ertz kind of stumbled and, and got chipped at the line of scrimmage. So Murray even mentioned afterwards that he wasn't sure if he was going to be able to, to get the ball to Zach Ertz. But then catching the ball across the middle and then the difference between a Zach Ertz and a Max Williams, Ertz scores. Williams, maybe not. And that's just the athleticism and a little bit more speed that Ertz has compared to Max Williams. Yeah, I looked up their combine times. Now we're talking years ago, right? So
1: Zach Ertz about four six seven, uh, Max Williams is about four seven eight. So you, you can definitely see there's a difference when it comes to catching the ball in space and then yards after catch. But that's a good point because Max probably would have got caught from behind, but we know he would have caught the football. Um, you know, all week. You know, I towards the end of the week, I started looking at. Okay, I looked at the tight end, uh, the tight end position against the Texans defense, and they're ranked 31st, and they have given up the most yards, only small sample, and the most touchdowns to tight ends. And I'm like, and they've rolled three different guys out there trying to find who can do the job. And I just like that matchup. That was my key matchup, and, and, and you know, going on a limb, guys' first game, and. You know, some people thought that maybe they would hold him out and, you know, wouldn't show anything, which wasn't wasn't even accurate. Um, uh, I don't know why. I mean, he's Zach Gertz. It's not like he was in Columbia for two years, and all of a sudden, we don't know who this guy is. So, no, plug and play. I mean, it, it's fascinating, this story right here. And, and Cliff, he said, I must have text Cliff. Cliff texted me over and over, and I finally got a chance to meet him. It was <laughs> like, wow, we, you know, like we're lost, lost friends. We've been texting, and never really get a chance to see you. And I was told that that call came in at 6:30 a.m.
0: Kingsbury a, testing negative yeah. for a second straight day. And or it sounds like he,
1: it sounds like he sent a group text out because Kyler said he knew right away that he was going to be back. Yeah, so I'm sure he was relieved. And he, I don't, I don't, I wish they had a GoPro or a camera in his house Is he running around going, "Oh man, I'm back! I'm back!" Now, one of my observations is he needs a haircut. <laughs>
0: Well, you're quarantined for more than a week. Yeah, I can see that.
1: Well, he I don't know if he gets it every week, but it's usually high and tight. And yesterday it was the first time in a long time that he had more cabbage
0: on the top of his head. See, those are the observations, Bird Gang, that you're not <laughs> going to get anywhere else but here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. I got to admit... You've got better eyesight than I do, or we're looking at different things than I was on Sunday, but uh, all right, I'll, I'll give it to you. Well, we'll see what he
1: looks like today. I don't know how he's going to squeeze in a haircut. I'm sure somebody can come to his house, but that's probably pro- forbidden right now with COVID, I, I, but I I know a guy that got his haircut every two weeks. I don't know if Kingsbury does it every week, but it's so tight and tight, and I'm sure it's not... Uh, Inexpensive, so. But I did notice he had a little, little more lettuce on the top of his head. Not a bad thing. Um, he could pull it off anyway.
0: Thirty-one to five, the final. Before we get into the defense, I do want to touch on how many times Kyler Murray was touched, sacked four times, twice in the first quarter. In fact, there was one sack that was wiped off the board because of a roughing the passer penalty, and that's that was one unfortunate that Murray got hit. And then two, those are kind of calls that if you're on the other side of it, you're wondering what is the defender supposed to do, especially when you've got a quarterback that's, you know, under six feet tall, it's very difficult, especially when you have a wide open lane to get to the quarterback, but never good when your quarterback is flat on his back. And he was a couple of different times, including on that safety. And that was another blown call by the officials because he was tackled by the helmet. By Jacob Martin in the end zone. So we saw Kyler Murray go into the medical blue plant, uh, medical blue tent once, and then again, again in the second half. And he said post game he's fine, but that offensive line, I think, and they understand it. Josh Jones even went on social media afterwards saying, "quote." Red Sea didn't have my best game today. I promised to flush this week and bounce back even harder on short week against a really good team. End of tweet. Up the middle and that right side seemed to be the issue for the Cardinals defending that Texans front.
1: I just think, you know, on a short week, uh, I had I, I, – I, I had my binoculars on when they were warming up in the second half and he was out there and I'm thinking, all right, who's really the best option? Justin Murray's not out there, Harlow. Um, and, and then, you know, uh, just more of a body guy that's just in case in a pinch. So I'm like, okay, and I know Kugler, you know, um, according to a, a viewer, he said that when he came to the sidelines, he was getting chewed out. Cause this guy, I tweeted out that this is not the first week that he struggled. He goes, well, it's the first week i'm like no this started a couple yeah.
0: weeks yeah at
1: one game he had great game zero pressures and but um on a short week the whole idea is to get rodney hudson back next week now what kind of shape is he in it's not COVID, but you know he's around the team and you know obviously getting treatment and then really i think right guard's wide open i i think max garcia's got a chance i don't know about Justin murray and you know josh jones i mean again they played 71 snaps he played the most because maybe they want to get more reps for him he gives up a couple of pressures it looks bad Kyle's on his back um but overall I mean they did rush I mean in the fourth quarter he was part of that unit so I guess you got to live with the uh, the growing pains is he is he, a, is he a right guard is he a right tackle I mean right now Kelvin Beach is your right tackle You know, he's on a one-year deal. Uh, I think he's got a lot of outside interest. Curious to see if the Cardinals can make a run. Would he he come back for another year or so? But I think on paper, when they get Hudson back, uh, I I, want to know, I mean, I don't want to know. We'll try to figure out, is that right guard open for business or meaning a guy on the roster? They're not going to go out and get somebody else. That was Brian Winters. And uh, he obviously uh, decided to go somewhere else. So yeah, but I think, you know, I like to have the same five guys, but when you have injuries, this is what happens. And the good news for Rodney Hudson, it's not long-term. The only long-term we have right now is Max Williams, and that's important because you got to stay healthy. Um, you know, and part of it is being lucky, and obviously you got to keep Kyler Murray upright. Um, he can't take those hits.
0: It's a good point you make. Are we making too much out of seeing Kyler Murray get hits and a holding call by Josh Jones in the That's two or three plays over 71 snaps in a game. Big picture or small picture, what are we concerned about the most? And one, we're concerned about Kyler Murray just getting hit, period. So, you know, do you look at making a change? And again, as you mentioned, it can't be this week. Rodney Hudson's going to miss Thursday. It's his third game on IR. He's eligible to return after this week, if healthy. But also, if a Rodney Hudson is playing, one, I don't know, don't think we see as many uh, bad snaps as we've seen, and maybe with Rodney Hudson, you shore up the inside with Josh Jones at right guard, and those that that leaking, if you will, defenders aren't getting by a Rodney Hudson, Justin Pugh, and Josh Jones.
1: Uh, and I had a couple, um, you know, uh, followers on Twitter that saw, t- saw the same thing. They think with Rodney Hudson there, he kind of calms the waters and maybe he can help him with the calls. I think Max Garcia is, is learning the position. He's got a lot on his plate. Um, they haven't had to use the silent count, which is a good thing. Uh, they won't use the silent count at home. So, and again, I do think you can hide a guy a little bit, uh, but I I think it's a fair, uh, the word leakage is perfect uh, uh, term right here because Rodney Hudson settles everything down. He's kind of like the the, the, the captain of the ship where things are going and you're going to rough uh, waters and rapids, he's able to calm things down. So just having him on the field will make Josh Jones better.
0: And again, we don't know or we don't have an update on Justin Murray. He's been on IR now for a while. But you do have Max Garcia, the possibility, Sean Harlow as well, Josh Miles. Those are the players that we know of. Danny Adora who's been elevated from the practice squad the past couple of weeks. So that's who's on the roster. And I just, you know, that's the thinking of Sean Kugler and his assistant, Brian Natkin. Is it, do you need to make a change or is the change, hey, you bring back Rodney Hudson and that settles everything out. So something to keep an eye on as we continue here past this week. It's not happening this week, but after this week and the mini bye if something changes
1: we know hump's not going anywhere long stay healthy pew so you got the left side hudson and then right guard right now i still got, i think josh shown gives him the best chance based on the the availability of the other guys and then him he's kind of he started all 16 games last year yes he had some rib injuries but he does a nice job um you know obviously trying to protect collar especially when they go you know four and five wide Um, because teams are trying to come off the edge, and we know that when healthy or productive Josh Jones and Rodney Hudson and Justin Pugh, you're not seeing pressure come up the middle. So, uh, again, I I like the four of the five. It's just, again, I think you can hide them a little bit at guard, but we'll see when Hudson comes back. What I'm saying is you're not going to have musical chairs. Yeah,
0: they'll You'll have four guys playing in their natural positions. The less movement, the better when you're talking about an offensive line. As we continue discussing what happened on Sunday, 31-5, to 5, the Cardinals beat the Houston Texans, and it really wasn't even that close either, Bird Gang, as we talk about it here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We saved the best for last. That is the defense and what they continue to do. Now, full disclosure, it's the Houston Texans. They're not very good yet you still have to go out and execute. And that's exactly what the defense of the Arizona Cardinals did from the very first possession, a three and out, and then a punt. They only allowed three points, and that was a field goal of 53 yards. But this defense, MJ, is on another level, and that's a credit to the coaching staff. It's a credit to the system being in place now for three straight seasons. They're missing guys. Guys are coming in and plugging, and it's not like they're missing a beat. But I can't say enough about what we're seeing, not just on Sunday, but now you look at this defense in totality on what they have done and the numbers that they are putting up.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, Buffalo had a bye, and the Saints play the Seahawks tonight, and they're kind of in the same boat. Obviously, the Cardinals have played an extra game, so that means, you know, Buffalo has two shutouts this year, but they would have to limit their opponent. Cardinals only gave up, what, seven, seven points? Was it 17-10 or 17 to seven? Well, only one touchdown to the 49ers.
0: 17 to 10, correct?
1: Yeah, one touchdown. So, but points allowed, third down, and then red zone. I mean, it's off the charts. And and again, it's it's gradually getting there because we know that they've been getting gashed initially in in the run game. But it's usually one or two possessions per game, not you know every possession. And, and and that's what teams want to do. They they want to run the ball, keep Kyler on the sidelines, and play with a lead. It just hasn't happened. So points allowed, and then the forced fumbles first 11. Third down percentage 28.7. First, seven first fourth down uh, percentage twenty fifth tied for first fumble recoveries eight second. I mean these. I mean I, I always said, you know, when Vans first got here, if they can go from thirty two to fifteen, you know, like like the special teams, you know. And then all of a sudden, you know, you start looking at the Cardinals offense and defense were in the top ten. And now you're looking at Cardinals offense and defense are in the top five. And see you could just see the progress like and again, when you're in the top five in both categories, clearly you're moving the football, you're scoring points, you're scoring touchdowns versus um, field goals. And then defensively, when you only give up X amount of points per game, you're forcing turnovers. You're forcing teams to go off the field on third down. And yesterday they were, what, 2 for 13 and 0 for 2 on fourth down? Correct. Yeah. So, it, it, again, this is complimentary football. The fact is you're in the top five in both categories. Very
0: impressive. Number one scoring defense, number one third down percentage. And you talk to Coach Joseph at you know, what do you look at? at the end of the game, at the end of the season, and at the end of the day, it's limiting the number of points. And the Cardinals have done that and have done it very, very well, especially in the second half. MJ, they've only allowed 40 second-half points this season and one fourth-quarter touchdown. That's the best stat that I've heard. And that fourth-quarter touchdown at the Rams when the game was already decided, it was a meaningless touchdown. That's the only time the Cardinals' defense have allowed seven points in the fourth quarter so
1: there wasn't a pick six in the fourth quarter that uh, they gave up but it's more to the offense no
0: as far as what the defense specifically gave up
1: because what about the safety that's on the offense
0: that's a good question I don't I don't know where that I'm sure at the end of the day those five points get totaled up and you add it to the overall total but when you're just looking at okay when the defense was on the field they only allowed the field goal to the Houston Texans, but so, overall, you're right. That five points does count against them. Okay, I got you. Yeah, that's remarkable. I didn't,
1: I heard that stat during the game, um, and I was like, really? This is the second half of the 49ers game. Wow.
0: It's remarkable, and again, the full disclosure, the Houston Texans, but season lows in points, total yards, net rushing yards, net passing yards, first downs. The... Houston Texans had 11 possessions. I'm not including that last one of the first half when they, you know, went into the locker room, but 11 possessions. They only went into Cardinals territory five times, and not once did they get inside the 35-yard line. So you talk about red zone defense. Well, there was never <laughs> even an opportunity for a red zone defense.
1: Well, and then uh, if you look at Davis Mills' uh, average per attempt, 4-4, you look at the uh, – Average per rush attempt, 2.8. Cardinals doubled that, both of them, from Kyler Murray, and obviously the rushing attack. Now, uh, Buda Baker went out for a play. I'm like, holding my breath. Kyler Murray goes in the tent twice. I'm holding my breath. Um, But what can you say just about Isaiah Simmons and and Jordan Hicks? And how about Jordan Phillips? I mean, he, honestly, Craig, I was down on the guy just because, you know, they need him. I said, all on, they need him. And he was the one getting the crowd pumped up and he got he was in that jersey 90s and he's just huge and he's got this long wingspan and i'm telling you that first that first possession they were so they were so confused with the silent count and everything else and you know on third down I mean, you want to but jordan phillips he, he's sticking his nose in the fan too so more the merrier consider you didn't have zach allen richard lawrence and corey peters but you know, I, I got to give Jordan Phillips credit because he he definitely had the crowd in the game, and it was throughout the entire game he was doing it. Usually it's golden, but no, when they're in a timeout when when they're trying to figure out what they're going to do, he's out there just come on, let's go, let's go. And it was a pro Cardinal crowd, it wasn't even close. I mean, it was pro Cardinals. I did see some Texans fans, uh, D Hop, JJ Watt jerseys, uh. But yeah, I mean, it was a pro Cardinals crowd, and it was fantastic. So that they really helped on some of the holding penalties um, that the Cardinals were able to get. And we always talk about maybe you don't get to the quarterback, but you get a holding penalty, and you put them behind the sticks.
0: It's about as animated as I've ever seen Jordan Phillips. He's well, he's a very quiet guy, Reserve. and we saw something different on Sunday. And I don't know what it was. I mean, it was his second game back, but first game in front of the home. for a long time, but it was his batted pass that set up the third and seven in which Marcus Golden got the sack on that opening possession. You talk about setting the tone and the defense sets the tone on that opening possession with Jordan Phillips, who, you know, is getting paid a lot of money and we need to see a lot from him. But at the same time, if he's doing his job, if JJ Watt is doing his job, then the other guys around them can do their job and maybe make the plays, as we've seen from Marcus Golden. That Look, it, it I don't know how J.J. Watt graded out or anything like that. It wasn't a spectacular performance. He did have, I don't know how he didn't get Mills down on one of those plays. He basically had him in the grasp, and Mills did a good job of getting rid of the football, but not eye-popping stats from J.J. Watt, but is he doing his job? And you ask Coach Joseph, he is doing his job. So the guy next to him or the guy behind him can make the tackle finish off the play. And bottom line is to get the offense off the field. Yeah.
1: And it, according to people that tweeted me during the during the show, I guess Danny Amendola was jawing. Um, and then I didn't like the Byron Murphy taunting penalty. You know, it's just, again, it's the Texans. You cannot
0: do that on Thursday He knows. And, and, and it's such a gray area. Some people think it's a joke. I guess it goes back to something that happened during pregame warm-ups because Isaiah oh. Simmons discussed it with Paul Calvisi on post-game that Amendola was warming up on the Cardinals side of the field. And yeah, that's okay. just a that's just a no-no. Yeah. So I guess it stemmed from that. And there yeah, was because- a lot of talking. But to your point, you know, the play was well over. And Byron Murphy made a beeline towards Amendola. It wasn't much. But that is going to draw a penalty every single time. Unfortunately, it didn't hurt the Cardinals. They got the strip sack a couple of plays later. But little things like that to extend a drive—it was you're getting off the field. You didn't need that to happen.
1: Yeah, and and again, we we saw Drake or Patrick do there. I, I'm sure he felt you know awful about. It. They got the win, but when you're going against better teams and you're not going to have a 31 to five lead, it can come back to haunt you, especially on third down. You know, all of a sudden, you give them a new set of downs that changes momentum. Um, they feel like they get a little confidence. They could take a break on a, on a taunting, which, you know, post-whistle. Again, I'm uh, like I said, Murphs had a great year. You know, sometimes, um, you know, uh, it, it's such a competitive, uh, you know, uh, football game. And, and you want to one-up a guy. But easier for me to say move on.
0: But I, I don't think we'll see that again for Murphy. In the heat of the moment. Yeah, It, that's what, it, it, it yeah. happens, <laughs> and it from, from us as we watch, your fans from the stands, sure. it's like you can't let that happen. Yeah, but put yourself in those shoes. I get it, but to your point, it's lucky that it didn't cost the Cardinals. Could it very well? Could have, because it was third and 12. You're off the field, and all of a sudden the drive keeps going.
1: Yeah, exactly, and, you know, who knows if Amendola said something based on what happened in the pregame when he was running some of his routes, you know, so we don't know. And they're not robots, they're human. And and we all make mistakes every day and you hope you don't make the same mistake over and over.
0: Once again, there was no Chandler Jones and you brought it up, no Corey Peters and Zach Allen. I believe both Allen and Peters might be able to be available this week. We'll see. Chandler Jones is trending in the direction of being available on Thursday. He was back in the building on Friday and they made the decision to hold him out. Yet what we've seen without Chandler Jones on the field for these couple of games is what Marcus Golden has done and not so quietly, at least without 55 on the football field, but for the second straight game, two sacks, one forced fumble. He leads the team with six sacks and he leads the league in forced fumbles with four, but Marcus Golden, and remember, They've got him this year and they've got him next year. He is becoming one of those unsung heroes, if you will, not a household name with respects to it. J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones, Buddha Baker, yet Marcus Golden has really stepped up and not that he needed to. He always plays like that, but he's finishing off plays that most weeks it's Chandler Jones doing that. He's a fan favorite.
1: You, you know how I feel. He's a glue of the defense and the, and the fact is, you know, what happened when they made that trade? Chandler Jones went down. Did Steve wait? Nope. Gave him a six round pick and got him back here, which they never wanted to lose him. He didn't want to go, but, you know, he obviously thought, you know, maybe got to go somewhere else to come back to Arizona. It was a six round pick, but Chandler, goes, Chandler Jones goes down in week five. All of a sudden they make the trade. Max Williams goes down, they make the trade. So you're always trying to stay ahead of it. Uh, sometimes you can't fill those positions based on availability. And, and, and I've mentioned this numerous times. I am thrilled the Cardinals did not wait for the trade deadline because some teams, you know, we're still in it. Are uh, we buyers or sellers? And it's probably more in baseball. It's, it's more of the more complicated draft picks, compensation, salary. Is a guy coming off an injury? So there's it's, it's a little bit more, uh, uh, you got to go through a filter. But the fact that they didn't wait, just like they got Marcus Golden last year, says a lot about where they think their team is. When you look at the uh,
0: the schedule and where they want to be in in December and January. Golden in the last two games, eight tackles, four sacks, five quarterback hits, two tackles for loss, two forced fumbles, one fumble recovery. He had two sacks, three quarterback hits on Sunday, and I don't know if that's enough to warrant NFC Defensive Player of the Week Honors, but someone that I certainly would hope would deserve consideration based off what he did. And again, full disclosure: yes, it's the Houston Texans, but you still have to go out and execute. And Marcus Golden has done that, and he's benefiting from a J.J. Watt inside, and a Fo Foote inside, and a Michael Dogby inside, as far as opening up those rush lanes outside the tackle.
1: You don't need to apologize. He did it. He did it the previous week. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. we don't have to couch this. They're an NFL team. I mean, it's not our fault that the you know the quarterback obviously had off the field issues. I mean, he did it against NFL players. They get paid, so you know, we've seen it. It's not like you know all of a sudden he went against the Texans and he's padded his stats. That was Hassan Reddick last year going against the Giants, and, and Hassan's having a really good year. Good for him. But yeah, I don't. That's the next team on the schedule. I mean, they can't control that, so. And it's not like all of a sudden Chandler went down and he started, you know, balling. This is all when when Chandler was in. It. And the funny thing is, with with um, you know with COVID and injuries, it feels like they haven't had a full arsenal on defense maybe since week one. It, I mean, it's you know, and it happens with COVID and injuries and you know, obviously Corey Peters last. It's I mean, I I have to go back and go when have they been at full strength on defense? And, and that's the beauty of these guys getting a ton of reps and. I can't say enough about Jalen Thompson and Buda Baker, the way they tackle, and I hope the national media is paying attention. And Isaiah Simmons, you know how bullish I've been in him in his second year. I mean, he, he had a special teams tackle. He's physical, man. He uh, I love the way, and I, I I just think wearing that number nine, he ain't afraid of anything, and he's smart. When you listen to him talk, he said, that's what, what we got the game plan from Vance, and we executed it, where a lot of guys, oh, let's go off script. That's not happening now.
0: With Simmons, well, what I see with Buda Baker, because you can see Baker and they that heat-seeking missile that Dave Pash <laughs> likes to describe, because you yeah. can see number three just tracking that ball carrier. And it's the same with Isaiah Simmons in that number nine jersey. Yeah. The side-to-side, lateral movement, north-south, east-west, he has the ability to get to that ball carrier, and it's – from that inside linebacker position, but the ability to play a number of different positions, line them up in a number of different spots on the football field. You know, there was a real struggle last year. We're not seeing that this year. He had seven tackles on Sunday, but it's just the night and day difference, a 180 difference between year one and year two, him understanding, no longer thinking. He is reacting based off of his film study. And the fact that he's learned four different positions, I'm sure he can play
1: five. I mean, at at Clemson, he played nine different positions. The only thing he didn't play is defensive tackle and, and nose tackle. So um, when you listen to him talk, he, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with his football IQ, just like I am with uh, Buddha Baker. Uh, you, you know, you throw in some other guys that maybe don't get uh, Jordan Hicks. Uh, I, I'm impressed with their football. Like he, so sometimes uh, football has been played between the ears, above the shoulders. Physicality is played, obviously, with the entire body.
0: It is fun to watch, not just the offense, but this Cardinals defense. And sometimes maybe a little bit more fun defensively because how it frustrates an offense and them, the inability to move the football, and it's every single play they want no yards gained or go backwards. And if it doesn't, then they're all upset. So it's the motivation to not outdo themselves, but they have set the bar, and it's to maintain that bar that we've seen since week one.
1: Yeah, and they and they emptied the, the bench a little bit. We got a chance to see Deontay Thompson and Chris Banjo, and then the inside linebackers were Zavin Collins and Joe Walker. And then obviously they, they use uh, Leckie and, uh, and um, Michael Dogby as, as defense. What I really liked about Vance he showed Buddha coming off the side. You know, like, oh my God, number three, because you have to ID him. I mean, that, you forget about the Mike linebacker. And then sometimes Buddha will come from the other side, and he'd make the backside tackle when they try to avoid where he's going. And that's just instincts. That's film session. And you see a lot of that from Isaiah Simmons, uh, Buddha Baker, and, and Jordan Hicks. You could see the film session these guys watch where they're not surprised. Uh, and hopefully guys are in the right gap to make the play.
0: And I liked what you did in that fourth quarter as far as pointing out who was on the field that we typically don't see on the field defensively, and that's what we wanted to see in this game. Get guys off the field in the second half once the game has been decided because there's a game coming up in 96 hours from the time Sunday's game ended to the time Thursday's game began. It's a little over 96 hours, so... The earliest you can start your recovery process, the better.
1: Yeah, and Dennis Gardek was out there, you know, kind of getting a little reps. Uh, I don't know if Kennard, I don't re- I know Marcus Golden, he probably played more than I thought, maybe the whole game, but I know they were kind of rotating some of the depth guys. Um, but and Joe Walker was out there with Zavin. I'm like, wow, Joe Walker and Zavin. Joe Walker's been a journeyman, and now he's with Zavin and Collins. And I thought Zaban's getting better. You could see some of those hits, those tackles. I mean, he's not. It, it, like I said, let's just – you and I talked about it. Give these guys an entire offseason, which he had, but Jordan Hicks just outplayed him in training camp. That wasn't the, the plan, but like Steve Kahn was on 98.7 recently. He says, I want to make one thing clear. I don't tell the coaches who to play. I made that comment. Now it's on the coaching staff. And so he won – because it was, well, you weren't going to let him compete. He said, that's not true. I, yes, he was on the block. He admitted it, but I don't get involved in the with the when it comes to the, the, the starters. That's on the coaches. That's why they hire him. So I I think that's good clarification uh, to where they were in that. Um, but I I'm I'm not down on Zayvon Collins. I mean, there's going to be injuries. Um, he plays on teams. Um, he practices like his hair is on fire, and, and that's only going to carry over to the game. So. Um, but Isaiah just getting it like we talked about just getting a full off season OTA. I mean, he started flashing in OTAs to me. Uh, I mean, he was around the ball, carried over to training camp. And then, you know, one day all of a sudden he's over there with the the defensive backs and it's a big deal. Um, He's been doing that a long time and and good for the Cardinals coaching staff to take him out of the inside linebacker, because we know that Hicks and, and Collins make the calls and move them over there so we can get familiar with covering tight ends and wide receivers. This guy can play in the slot if he had to.
0: If you are down on Zabin Collins or want to see him more, just know this. We could have had this same conversation a year ago at this time about Isaiah Simmons, and we might have even had it here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, because there is an expectation when you are drafted in the first round and a higher expectation when you are drafted in the top 10. Yet at the same time, A general manager, a front office can have a plan going into the offseason, into training camp, into the regular season. But if that plan needs to be tweaked, changed, that's on the coaches to relay the information. Hey, this player, not quite ready. We like that player. And as long as you're in the building, it doesn't matter how you got there, the best players are going to be on the football field. And that's why I give Jordan
1: Hicks, I mean, it stood out the first couple of days after the conditioning, how kind of shape is. And And I'm thinking I'm going to prove them wrong. They drafted a guy in the first round. And, you know, if they're, if they're telling me um, that the job's his and the coaches are telling me, hey, just go out there and play its competition, and he won it. He won it fair and square. There'll be, there'll be a time and a place for Zayman Collins. Um, again, the thing is, they're winning. If, if you're losing, you're, oh, I got to play my young guys now. That, that's, that's not what they're doing. And they're trying to develop a guy while they're winning. And that's why it's important when it comes to practice. Um, that he gets as many reps. And when it comes to the game, uh, again, I like his mental uh, makeup. He's physical. He understands it. He's waiting his turn. And there's going to be a time in a, in a game like last year, Isaiah gets the pick. He got the sack on, on Wilson. There's going to be a game this year, um, you know, whether it's third down or maybe on first down, he blows up a pile or something. So, again, they're they're, they're winning and they're also trying to develop him. And it's a good thing.
0: Winning is always... Much more fun. And that's always seen from the Arizona Cardinals through seven games. And now we'll see if it continues this week, literally in a matter of days on Thursday night football against a very good Green Bay Packers team. But uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. It is a shorter week, so a little bit different of a schedule for the Arizona Cardinals as well as the Green Bay Packers. But anything else, MJ, that we might have missed from Sunday or You think we covered it all? A lot of good, the one negative, the number of hits Kyler Murray has sustained and the question marks as far as what you do at the offensive line. But other than that, once again, a well-played game, offense, defense, and special teams.
1: Yeah, the one thing for me is is Chase Edmonds. Um, You know, I I know he doesn't have a touchdown, and I'm sure fantasy people are upset about that. Um, But in seven games, he has 596 total yards. He's number one in rushing, 68 carries, 397 yards, 5.8 yards a carry. Now, it does help with the 40-yard run, but when you get 67, it evens it out. He's third in receptions on the team, 27-172, averaging 64 yards to catch. He is averaging 84.1 yards per game, per game.
0: He's serving his purpose. He's serving a role, and within this offense, That's what you want. You want guys who understand their role, not too concerned about their own individual stats, but what can I do to help the team win on Sunday?
1: Yeah, and and it's it's clear. uh, James Connors, their fourth quarterback, maybe five or six left in the game. That that preserves Edmonds, And you know, he's doing the shoulder and Conner runs. And when it comes to short yardage, it's Conner. I mean, it's pretty clear just based on the the third and and short and fourth down and the goal line. no disrespect, but he, he can plow through there. I'm not saying Edmonds can't score. We know that in New York against the Giants and Jets, he took it from the 20 three different times right up the middle. Here it's a little bit different. He's good from the, the 20 to the 20, not saying he can't catch a, a ball in the flat. Um, but when you get down to that, that goal line in shorts, I'm handing off the number six.
0: On Sunday, the Cardinals had their second best rushing total of the season 172 yards on the ground, 81 by Edmonds. 64 by Connor and you add it all up 31 to five. The Cardinals beat the Texans and now the focus and the concentration is on Green Bay. So Craig,
1: I, I wasn't aware of this until this morning. So, you know, when you get to Thursday night football, you know, sometimes they would have division games uh, because of less travel familiarity. Um, but, you know, in fairness to the schedule makers, I mean, they, they got the Cardinals uh, playing the Packers and com- both teams combined 13 and 1. So I, and I don't recall this early in the season where you had this kind of matchup in the month of October. I mean, it's fascinating and good for the schedule makers. I mean, obviously, uh, the Packers have won six straight. Um, they lost in week one um, to the Saints in Jacksonville. I uh, everyone thought that Rogers was just tanking it. ever since then i mean his his quarterback rating over the last couple weeks is is remarkable and he's running uh, he's running out and and, and buying time he's great with that bootleg and everything else so they got their work cut out when it comes aaron Rodgers. this will be the best quarterback they've
0: faced right up until this point cardinals and packers according to espn stats and info the best combined win percentage for a thursday game in october or later and the super bowl era so since 1966 a 13 and one combined mark between the cardinals and packers it's almost unfortunate that it's not on a sunday so we have more time to discuss but we will discuss that game a little bit later on this week because it is going to be one of those another one of those can the cardinals keep this going can they answer the bell what do they do with the quality of opponents as the Cardinal or the Green Bay Packers all say they did it to the Titans they did it to the Rams they did it to the uh, Browns uh, Browns so it's not like they haven't been in this position and had these questions thrown at them yet this season but uh, we'll get into that lots more because Mike Jarecki has got some homework to do as well.